Happy Friday, America. My name is Michael Turek. I am joined with the infamous Gerard, coming today from a super secret phone bunker. And we welcome you to the last bastion of freedom, the Simple Answers podcast. Today is August 17th, and this is the 15th episode, and we are going to be discussing some of this week's top news stories from... The car fire all the way to contraband straws. And yes, I did just say contraband straws. So stay tuned for that and much more in between. So how you doing, Gerard? I'm doing all right. A lot better than you by the sounds of it. Yeah, well, I have been sick for the last 12 days. So I do apologize to anyone out there in uh, in YouTube land or iTunes land or SoundCloud land that if my voice cracks or... We're not as technologically cool as some other people like, you know, mm. Rush or Sean that have like cough buttons and stuff. So if I cough on air, you're just going to have to deal with it for now. Um, a good way to make sure that we're technologically, you know, superior like that is subscribing to the YouTube channel. So, yeah. you know, if uh, if this is your first time, consider hitting that uh, hitting that big red button. Um, what were you going to say, Gerard? And the not- notifications buttons. Absolutely. The notification bell too. Um, we, uh, like I said, if it is your first time here, we, we pretty much are the, um, anti-establishment non-talking head media that hasn't been taken off of social media yet. (laughs) So, uh, again, subscribe and, uh, follow the, uh, Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash 1787 media network. You can find us there as well happy to say i am a counter-revolutionary i know right and that'll you know eventually either get us taken off the air like uh (laughs) alex jones Uh, even though i don't agree with 99.99 percent of what he says the man's a lunatic he should not be cut off the air like come on i mean uh, last time i checked we did have that that one amendment that protected our freedoms of 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 speech and uh no matter how kooky, I mean, if the KKK can walk around and, you know, go step around a Christmas tree, uh, why can't, you know, crackpots like, you know, him or Jesse Ventura just, you know, spout off whatever the hell they want either. But yeah, whatever. And I do want to say this past week, uh, just a shout out to one of my favorite um, commentators on the conservative side of all time. I've been listening to him for over 10 years now, uh, Rush Limbaugh had his 30th radio anniversary this year. Um, I believe it was like two, maybe one week ago, something like that. It was in July, last last week or so of July. Um, I will I will spread some light on my age. It was, it was ninth grade. It was 1991-ish, 92-ish. And I had a history teacher from Buffalo named Oof, John no. the Grave. Yeah, we talked about during one of the uh, the rapid uh, fires. That's right. Yeah, when it would come out and smoke with us, and he's the one who said, "Hey, man, turn that turn that radio on and listen to this guy Rush. You might like him." Yep. So that's how long I've been listening. So it. uh, Oh, good for you. So let just just to show just to show my age, I was one year old when he started his show. Wow. (laughs) So toodles to you to make you feel old. Thank you. You're very welcome. So, Gerard, getting into today's, uh, or I should say this week's news stories, um, I pulled something from uh, the Independent UK publication that I really wanted to get your thoughts on because 
you're a pilot and you used to fly commercial. Maybe it wasn't international. I don't know if you actually did it international. Was. Okay, so I, I'm I'm curious as to this, uh, your thoughts on this. So uh, in Germany, there was uh, deportees, 222 deportees that were seeking asylum in Germany from Afghanistan. Germany said, nope. Go back. We are deporting you back to Afghanistan. And there were um, X amount of pilots that said, nope, we're not flying these people back. Put As soon as the pilots found out that they were on their aircraft, they said the aircraft is not landing until these people are taken off and given asylum. Um, and they, they all said, well, it's a case-by-case basis. And they were concerned for the safety of the flight and the crew on board um, flying into Afghanistan. They didn't want these people freaking out or blah, blah, blah. What's your yeah. thoughts on that? Good, bad, indifferent, shouldn't have happened? Um, at the end of the day, the safety and the operation, you know, the safe operation of, all, uh, of the aircraft lies in the hands of the pilot in command. Uh, usually airliners like that would be the captain. And if they say, you know what, and I can, I can, I can kind of understand that, that, you know, Hey, we're going to be bringing these people against their will back into a war zone that, you know, rightly or not, they feel they're, they're going to die. Then, you know, in their minds, they've got nothing to lose. And I don't want somebody like that on my airplane. Sorry. Um, so from that you- standpoint, I can agree with it. But it, it, again, playing devil's advocate, because I've never been put in that spot. I'm sure you have never been put in that spot. I'm um, assuming they have security people on board, which should mitigate that risk. Right. Uh, I would hope so. Which then will take us into the, the, the political realm of this whole thing. And I say, you know what? Just like, you know, they're, they're the first ones to point the finger at us, you know, and call us racist because we don't want, you know, just an open border to our south. Uh, or our north, you know, for that matter. And uh, yet here they are, you know, booting out people who are coming from somewhere where there's like legitimately a war going on. Right. And they they may or may not be people that just want to get the F out of there and save their families and give their families, you know, the, the, the best chance to survive. And yet here we are, you know, or here they are, you know, pretty much closing their border. So... Right. And I think it's interesting coming from a like a a socialism pot, uh, you know, like Germany, where everyone's like, oh, my God, this is this is the people that we strive to be. Uh, They're even saying, nope, sorry, we don't we don't need you here. So I just figured it was an interesting story I stumbled upon. I figured I'd get your thoughts on it. Yeah, Um, it is. And I actually did see that uh, today as it went by. And uh, I read read, you did a brief skim of the uh, the article. Because I, I kind of get the gist of it pretty much from the headline. It's like, I mean, it's not really much to look, you know, look into. Right. The only thing I would say is uh, the vetting these people, you know, if you can vet them and prove that, you know, they're not affiliated with any terrorism or any kind of warlord or anything like that. They just want to get the F out of Afghanistan. You know what? Sure. Come on. Get, yeah. the, get the F out of Afghanistan. Yep. Nobody wants to be there anyway. Come on, you know, yeah, let's go. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I think it brings up a valid point. Um, so 
I want to, <laughs> I, I don't want to make light of a terrible situation. Um, but I, I really want to bring up this car fire in, uh, in California. Uh, for those that, um, have absolutely no idea what we're talking about. It is, um, it is the latest wildfire in, uh, in California. It is actually the sixth largest fire in Californian history. Um, it started on July 23rd. Uh, some guy literally just driving his car, got a flat, uh, the, fl- you know, the tire shredded off of the rim. The rim hit the ground before you could stop. It start you know, it started sparking, caught some, you know, some, uh, some brush on fire and now literally there's 176 plus thousand acres uh burnt there's 1600 homes lost eight lives including three firefighters um and it's only to this day it's been almost three weeks now that the fire's been going and it's only 48 (coughs) percent contained so you're looking at a, a very large fire like we said it's the sixth largest in californian history and I don't really want to shed light on the fire itself because I think that's self-explanatory. I mean, uh, you know, Smokey the Bear wouldn't be happy. Well, I think a great thing to do would be to, uh, you know, put that picture up of the uh, uh, of the fire taking thirty thousand feet. Uh, yes. Of a passing airliner, they took a picture, you know, down through the clouds at uh, I think it was I think it was around sunset, and uh, it's just it looks like, you know, you're approaching another world. It, right. It, it doesn't look like earth below you. It's it's such a war zone. Like it is literally a war zone. Yeah. You know, when when you really think about it. I mean, um, they're, they're, they've got the National Guard attacking it. They've got they've emptied their I mean, they've emptied prisons. They've got they've got convicts out there now. Mhm. It's, it's all hands on deck. Right. And and, and it's almost a losing battle. Uh, it is a losing battle. I mean, just just from last night to this morning, 1600 more acres were charred. You know, in a 12-hour period. And and for those that don't battle fires, don't know anything about fire science, um, scienti- scientifically proven, a fire doubles in size every 30 seconds. So if, if you think about that, like, okay, this fire is, you know, the size of a matchstick. If left on its own, it will If do left that. on its own, 30 seconds, you now have, you know... And it just keeps on multiplying. So that's how you can see 1,600 acres in 12 hours. I mean, it's totally possible. But what I want to bring up is uh, a Forbes article. And we don't ever talk much about Forbes. I don't pull a lot from Forbes. But I thought this was a super unique article. Um, and it was it was labeled, California's devastating fires are man-caused but not in the way they tell us because one of the things that this article points out, and I'm going to do a brief synopsis and then pull a couple things from it is California, the federal government, the left, all of these environmentalists want us to believe that global warming, climate change is the cause of these fires and the cause of why these fires have been, um, becoming bigger, becoming stronger over the last, you know, decade or two. And they're, you know, going to tout, oh, it's global warming, it's climate change, it's whatever. 
Um, and we're going to politicize the, one of the worst disasters in history. Right. We're going to further our global warming agenda, or I'm sorry, our climate change agenda, and put more money in the coffers of our, our fearless leaders like Al Gore. Yes. Yeah. And it was funny to me that this article really pushed the opposite end of why fire scientists and environmental scientists that, you know, study fire and these types of wildfires are actually mm-hmm. finding that it's not because of global warming. It's not because of climate change. It's because of man-made environmental policy in California that have restricted um, wood clearing, restricted logging, brush clearing, all of these, all of these forestry industries that clear out your forests of all the undergrowth and, you know, burnable material. And now you're give without that, you are giving just, an abundance of fuel. You're giving an infinite amount of fuel and these fires are, you know, taking advantage of it. Um, you have to have fuel, you have to have an ignition source, you know, and, and oxygen to sustain it. I mean, it's, you know, it's the triad. So you literally have a, it's a, imagine like a, you know, half of a state covered in gasoline. Right. And then you, then you apply the ignition to it and there's plenty of O2. You know, well then again, we're, we, we must be snuffing out all of it with our CO2 emissions, but I digress, but no, the, um, it, and like you said, when you, when you said, you know, the opposite and I, I would, I wouldn't even do that because that, that gives credence to their argument. I would say the factual end of it. I mean, the, the facts are the facts. This is why, these fires are, are so brutal and so frequent. Mm-hmm. It's not because there's CO2 emissions coming out of, you know, uh, uh, you know, a cow field. It, it, it's, it's, it's the fact that you've over-regulated the forestry. It, it, you know, the logging industry, I mean, to, to be blunt about it, it, that they've just said, screw it, we're done. You know, most of it, just leave it, don't even worry about it. And next thing you know, you've got, you know, you know, felled trees and undergrowth and everything else is just sitting there waiting to burn. Um, right. it, it literally is the gasoline to these things. Right. And uh, if if you indulge me, let me read you a little bit of this uh, actually verbatim. So uh, we were talking, Forbes was talking to a uh, to an assemblyman out in California. I honestly don't know his name, but he stated in 2005, while a freshman California assemblyman, I had the chance to visit Northern California and meet with forest product uh, industry professionals who grew, managed, and harvest trees on public and private lands. They told me of the worrisome trend that started years earlier where both federal and state regulators were making it more and more difficult for them to do their jobs. As a result, timber industry employment gradually collapsed, falling in 2017 to half of what it was in 1997, with imports from Canada, China, and other nations filling our domestic need for timber. Um, He continues, as timber harvesting permits skyrocketed, um, environmental challenges multiplied, the people who earned a living felling and planting trees 
looked for other lines of work. Um, the, com- the combustible fuel load in the forest pre- uh, predictably soared. No longer were fa- uh, forest management professionals clearing uh, the brush and thinning the trees. Um, as this, you know, he continues with fire suppression and, and such, but I mean, this really, um, shows. So if you don't have thinning, if you don't have, cause the forest is not going to naturally thin itself without fire. It's so just, other words, it's just that simple. Um, so in other words, if you don't have people. Right. To manage the land. This is what happens. This, this is, is what happened. This is what happened before people. Okay. This right. is what happened. You know, when cavemen were running around with clubs. Yep. And what, uh, what they've noticed is with these fires, uh, getting more and more intense, um, because of this non thinning, like non man helped thinning of the forests, you're looking at larger and more devastating fires. Um, you're looking at um, fires that burn at such a heat index that you're sterilizing soil so that yeah. no new growth can happen. So these just become barren wastelands. Yeah. Um, and now you're putting a more detrimental impact on the families that live in that area. Because now you're just giving them, oh, yeah, yeah, plant your house there, plant your house there. But we're not going to touch that, you know, 40-acre forest behind you. But then when it burns, we have nothing to stop it. So your house is gone. Automatically, it's gone. You should just evacuate and whatever. Um, It's it's kind of ridiculous. They they literally uh, did a study. It, it was kind of interesting. It was part of this article. They did a study where they took photographs from the 1800s and then 100 years later of the exact same spot. And they were looking at forestry through that, like how dense or cleary or whatever. In the 1800s, they had, you know, some some larger trees with then some smaller planted trees because you got to remember – is the timber industry for every tree that they took, they planted one. People yeah. forget that. Like they think, Oh my God, timber, you know, the forestry industry yeah, we're just, is we're just, just terrible. We're just slashing forest. everything. No, they yeah. plant new and um, it's in their best interest to stay in business. Exactly. And um, you were looking at grass fields with scattered trees most of the most of the bottom limbs were about 20 feet up the tree because they had small grass fires, no big deal. Now you're seeing just thick, dense forests with no grass under you know, yeah. undergrowth or nothing. And that fire's just going to burn through that like a mother. Um you know, and and then I, you know, I I look at it and because nobody but fire professionals and people with common sense that realize that the left and the environmental sector has regulated itself to death is causing more environmental damage. Just yeah. like it always will. Left and right. You know, yeah. so I, I felt like that needed to be brought up because yeah. nobody, nobody in the media is going to talk about that ever. 
I mean, like I said, oh. I came across this Forbes article and I thought I had smacked my head and, you know, went into unicorn land. I, I never yeah. thought I'd see something like this. Yeah. No, but, it, it, you know, it, it, it's amazing how, you know, there are, there are people who are trying to get the word out. They're trying to open people's eyes and, and wake them up and say, hey, look, you know, the stuff you're being fed on the nightly news is, you know, you're the mushroom and you kind of know what they're feeding you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, nobody, you know, one, one little Forbes article, um, that's pretty much it. Right. You won't hear anyone else talk about that. Everyone nope. else is, oh, it's, it's the CO2 emissions and, you know, it's fanning the flames and the, the, the solar winds that are coming down and causing the excessive heat. And you know, I, What did you say before? It was El Nino? El Nino's back? Oh, no, El Nino's back in the, in, in the Atlantic. So, so when it's, when we have, uh, you know, hurricanes and we're already up to, you know, letter Z, uh, it's because of global warming, or I'm sorry, it's climate change. Uh, but this year they're forecasting, you know, a very weak Atlantic system. So not a lot of hurricanes. So right off the rip, they gave it the old El Nino stamp. They brought it, they, they dug up the Nino. They brought and, up the and, Nino. And brought the Nino back. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, so whenever they need the Nino, they just they just break him out, and you know it's kind of like uh, you know when you need Batman or something, they put the Nino signal up, and, <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, I and love the it. Nino shows up. Uh, so so yeah. very very quickly, Gerard. Uh, I know we have a much more pressing, important topic to touch on uh, oh. that's near and dear and close to you. But I bought you a present. Oh no! You I me? did. I bought you a present because I knew how much it made you angry. So I wanted to to quell your anger. So I bought you a present. And start the flames now. Yeah. So so here I I'll I'll give you my present right now. Can you see it? Oh my goodness! Thank so, you so much. So I will bring those. With, I will, I will go. I will take those. I will take one, and go to Starbucks every day of the week for every straw that is in there. So. So for those that can't see, I will uh, video. <laughs> and as they hand me, and as they hand me my coffee, I will go like this. Oh, excuse me, one second. <laughs> so for for those that don't know this story, um, you should watch our last episode uh, about pollution solutions, because Gerard really did not like. Uh, the plastic straw ban that California put in. So is I literally it, just it funny how all of a sudden that just took off. Like all like everyone's talking about it now. Oh my god! So I'm one like, of the <laughs> but but now now but now Gerard, I I gave uh, you this this silly box of a hundred a hundred plastic straws. Now granted, there's there's less in here. There's probably about twenty of them in there now because oh I don't know my four year old uses them for his chocolate milk. Um, okay. So eighty days of uh, of Starbucks, right? I like so it. so I get this, okay? Santa yeah. Barbara, California, the first city to enact punishment laws mm. for contraband plastic straws. Because that's what's important. Because that's, that's exactly important. what's important. Contraband so, plastic straws. Contraband you, plastic straws. Just just everybody everybody at home. What I want you to do right now. <laughs> I would like you to to stop listening to us for a moment, and I just want you to hit pause and utter these words: contraband plastic straws. <laughs> now think back to your childhood, as far back as you can remember. 
and think about all the way up till today and ask yourself, did, did you ever imagine there would be a day where you would utter the statement, contraband plastic straws? This I know is it. how messed up we've become. Yep. This, so th- this is this is why. This is why the well, left is Rome, broken. Rome fell for a reason. We'll put it that way. Um, so our, our our downfall will be the plastic straws. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. so, do you realize if I was in California and I was a business owner and I bought you this hundred box of plastic straws, <laughs> and I got caught and I just dis- I illegally distributed all one hundred right. of these contraband straws? Do you know what my punishment would be? If the court gave me the fullest extent possible. I'm imagining you're going to do some time. A hundred thousand dollar fine. Wow. 50 years in prison. They don't have a box of 100 flipping flexi plastic straws. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. So, so. One straw per straw. Then now you got to remember that this is yeah. per straw. One thousand dollar fine, up to six months in jail. See, this is why I'm I'm going to dub this. This is the great suck of 2018. <laughs> okay, that's what this is. You know, people will look back at this time and remember. You know, 50 years from now in the rocking chair, you know, whittling a piece of wood. And I remember the great suck of 2018. Yeah. It was the war on straws. The war on straws, because you know. We all realize that 95% of the world's pollution comes from California, America, and plastic straws. Right, correct, yeah. The reason all the... Right, exactly. The reason all the sea life is dead is because plastic straws, right? I'm sorry, seriously. Do you think a seal could die from this? I mean, really. Honestly, you know... Seriously, screw it. I'm using a plastic straw. I'm, I'm, I'm being serious, and I can honestly say... Yeah. Oh, there, there it is. Oh, that's it. That's that's six months right there. Like I, I see. Now think about it. In a consumer economy, do something like that, you end up with a black market. So now I could be on a street corner, you know, shady little trench coat, and people pull up on the street, and I just go, "What you need?" And they're like, "Yo, I need 20. And I go, "Yo, check this out. I got all different colors, baby. All oh, different. I got the you bendy know? ones. I, I got, got the, the swirly ones. ones. I got the crazy ones." <laughs> oh god see i really wish that we had like a phone a friend to marcus evans yeah yeah, because i'd literally be like see this is why we don't want california anymore you guys are stupid literally i want california i just want their politicians to just i don't know just commit mass suicide just just (laughs) For, for, I wouldn't for, go that far. For the, but for like, the greater for the greater good, walk to the edge of those beautiful cliffs in Santa Barbara. You know, fly like a bird, free bird. <laughs> and just, you know, cast yourself down onto the rocks Ugh. for for all of us. It's terrible. So, Gerard, you had a uh, important news story that you wanted to cover. Yeah, it uh, it's kind of really, really struck a nerve with me that uh, I've been reading about it for weeks. And ever since, you know, one of the big things uh, during Trump's uh, North Korea visit, which of course went largely un, unreported as well, or very, very, you know, pushed to the bottom of the, the banner, 
type of reporting uh, where they can say, no, we reported it. See, it went by like right there. Five yeah. seconds, you know, <laughs> four milliseconds. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and that is, it was, you know, he put a condition on all of this and said, look, you know, you got to start denuclearization. And number two, we want our war dead back. We want our MIAs. We want all these kids that went over there and, uh, and gave it up and never came home. And there were families that are now, you know, another generation on and, you know, still without closure, without, you know, getting that, uh, getting them home to us soil. And, um, so they've actually been keeping up with their word. They've, they've been returning our war dead from the Korean conflict, um, this whole week. And, uh, if that's news to you, I'm, I would not be surprised because nobody is freaking reporting it. No. This should be this should be the cover of Time magazine. This should be the lead story of your nightly news. And what do you get? Oh, Manafort or Mueller or some other crap that it has absolutely nothing to do with our daily freaking lives. Has nothing to do with the good or betterment of our country. It's it's a freaking witch hunt. They got a raging nutcase fifty <laughs> for Trump, and what are they doing? They are shitting all over our dead soldiers, and um, and not yeah. caring. Um, that that's the oh, point no, that really drives me nuts. They could care less. And I, I, I want to yeah. point out two things because the first thing that you said. Um, and I know you and I do this all the time. I, we both appreciate history. So first off, I just want to thank you for using the right terminology in Korean conflict. Secondly, yeah. and if anybody doesn't understand what we mean, uh, very simply, we haven't actually been in a declared war in, since World War II. So everything since, even though it's been labeled war, has technically been a conflict. So um, I appreciate that. Secondly... Just just coming from a standpoint of the Korean conflict being literally forgotten in American history, yeah. no one realizes that we went to the Korean Peninsula, we put soldiers on the ground, we lost soldiers, my grandpa fought in that war, he was too young for World War II yet, but he fought in, you know, in that conflict. Um, you know, that is something that, most people just don't even realize happened. You know, they go from World War II into Vietnam. Yep. And, you know, that was a bloody, messy... Was. You know, like, we lost people to horrible conditions, horrible yeah. fighting scenarios, and, you know, these GIs and these Marines and these Americans are over there with no help from anybody. You know, no, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a world conflict, you know. You had it, the South Koreans, but that was it, about it. it. It was a United Nations action, and it was right. really, if you think about it, it was really the only United Nations action um, that ever on ever on that grand of a scale. Yes, where they actually committed troops mm -hmm. to a greater good, and yeah, uh, yeah it, it literally was the conflict where. You know, we always joke around. It's you know, you you're fighting you know tomorrow's battles with the equipment 
you know, from today. Yes. You know, you're, you're always fighting with, with the, the equipment from the last war. And I mean, you know, there they were in Korea, you know, jets fighting jets for the, you know, for the first time while, you know, tanks from world war two and, you know, propeller driven, you know, fighters are still flying around and, and, and fighting. So it was a, it was a very, it was a very odd conflict. And as much as there was a lot of suffering and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of bad things happening to our, our people, uh, you know, like Trozen Reservoir, you know. Where, yes, I was going to uh, actually bring that up, but I mean, again, you know, there were there were some there were some some brilliant, you know, feats of military, you know, strategy and and brilliance, like on the part of MacArthur pulling off the, uh, you know, a, uh, an amphibious assault on uh, at Inchon, um, mm-hmm. and and of course the, I think one of the greatest lines ever you know, uttered, uh, you know, when someone told, you know, asked, uh, uh, it was uh, Chesty Puller, you know, Marine Corps, uh, hey, you know, your, your guys are, you know, surrounded, uh, you know, uh, at, at the reservoir and, you know, they're going to, it looks like they're retreating. No, we don't, we don't retreat. We, we, we simply attack to the rear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that was, that was, that was pretty awesome, uh, you know, uh, and inspiring. Uh, uh, I'm sure to, to probably a lot of guys probably had a good chuckle about that, but but you know the fact that we have and this is not, you know the it ended in 1953 the the, the, the ceasefire was signed in 53, mm-hmm. um, so it was not a a peace treaty it was just a ceasefire we decided right. not to keep killing not to, each other not to shoot yep so from 1953 till today we have had soldiers buried where they they dropped on the battlefield where they fell and they are now coming home why is that not the lead story on every goddamn newspaper yep. on every freaking tv show it should be and should shame, be. On, and shame on them and shame on us for not holding them to account for not doing that right and and it really doesn't come down to this is not a political nothing this is an american act if you are an American, if you care about this country one iota, I don't even care if you support the military or not. Just if you are a warm-blooded American that cares about something, has yeah. one little decent piece in your heart and soul, you should care about this because, like you said, there are families that have been, you know, wondering, yeah. you know, oh, my God, is is – you know, my, my husband that left me in, you know, 52, is he dead? Is he in some prison camp somewhere? Did he die in 1980? Like what the hell happened? Exactly. You know? And there was no idea that was, they, there was yeah. nothing, nothing. Yeah. And all they knew is they, they went to Korea and they did not come home. Right. And now families are being reunited, whether it be, you know, Dead soldier coming home in a box with a flag draped over it. It doesn't matter. They're being reunited, and that's what counts. They're home. They're yeah. home. And they can be buried on American soil with the proper respect, you know, and it's it's an amazing accomplishment for Trump. It's an amazing accomplishment for America. Yeah. And, the, and like you said, it's shameful and stupid how the mainstream talking, you know, heads – even Fox, Fox yeah, hasn't even covered it. It is literally the mainstream media as a whole have just been cowardice pricks about it, and you know because there's so much more because because we're going to run our polls and see 
oh, let, 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 let's test this out and, and pull people in freaking New York City. What stories do you want to hear about? Right. These people get so far up their ass, they don't even know what, what the heck's going on. They, they, they need help to get out of bed in the morning on their own. Yeah. So, it's you know, oh, oh, oh so you want to hear more about Trump and, and, and Russia? Sure, we'll do that. Yeah. You know, no. It really it, is. It's garbage. Um, use your head, journalists. You went to journalism school, remember? But actually taught you about who, what, where, when, why, and how, and all that good stuff. I don't even think journalism. This is kind of a story. Journalism anymore. Yeah, I don't think they do. I think all they I think. I mean, is, you and me are more journalists, and I consider myself a talk show host, not really a journalist. I, I mean, but, I don't even. I wouldn't even. I, you know what? To, to you know, you know, because I do have such respect for, you know, the idea of journalism. I would never even think of considering calling myself a journalist ever uh, but these douches that go to journalism <laughs> school I, I was looking for a really eloquent you know there adjective there and just douche came out of my mouth so. pos <laughs> yeah dirt pile uh, slime ball they're they're yeah. all pretty good adjectives yeah uh, you know they, they just sit there and you know they just suck down their Saul Alinsky like it's uh you know like it's a nice cold beer and that's, uh, that's right um yeah all they're getting so moving from from one journalist story to something that i didn't tell you in the pre thing that i wanted to talk about oh. this this was the one thing that i wanted to keep well, under this is wraps. gonna be a surprise this is gonna be a surprise <laughs> mysterious and i must interject that i'm very much enjoying my orange bendy straw ah uh, i wish um, i had a sort of, I, I am however drinking out of a plastic container Another petroleum product. Yeah, email. Thank you, thank you Saudi Arabia. <laughs> um, so mm, it tastes so oily. It <laughs> it tastes so much like plastic and oil. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so one of the things that as I'm scrolling through, uh, one of the things that that viewers and listeners might not realize is. All of these news stories do come from somewhere. Like we don't make this stuff up. We actually like like, like the real media, right? We actually yeah. do look at, and it's funny when I look for news sources, I don't just look at one. Like I'll pull an article from yeah. from somewhere, and then I look at about twelve other articles, and I put put something together. Unlike the real media. Unlike the real media. <laughs> so. Sadly, I do have to look at both right and left leaning publications to be able to do this. You do it. Real Americans that want truth should be looking at both sides. Absolutely. Yeah, don't take my word for it. Go go look this crap up on your own. Right. So, oh. in my perusement of the interwebs, I stumbled across the Washington Compost. Ah. And I'll put a I'll put a picture up on the screen here so that everybody can understand exactly what I saw. But on their banner, not even an article. This is not an article. This is the banner up top where it says the Washington Post. Right underneath it, it had a little line of four words that struck me to the point where I was like, huh, okay, this is where the compost is going. They really want to go here. I'm and intrigued. I, 
Here, I quote from the Washington Post on their banner, democracy dies in darkness, end quote. Four words that struck a power chord with me that Mm. I wanted to go into and unpack because I think it is the most truthful thing that the Washington Compost has ever written about. Mm. Because here's the funny thing. And Gerard, you and I have done a short episode and a long episode discussing this. But see, here's, here's where... Everyone might be like, oh, my God, Mike, Gerard, th- this is like blasphemous. This is crazy. They're they're thinking democracy is going to die and it's going to die because Trump is in, in this and the left is not mm-hmm. winning. And oh, my God. But you know what? They're all fools. They are all fools because the unintelligent mind goes, oh, my God, this is scary. Right. But that is the most most truthful thing that they have ever said. Democracy does always die in darkness. It did, let's see, in Germany, Germany. under under uh, under Hitler. It did. The little oh, guy with the mustache, yeah. Yep, the little guy in the mustache. Oh, it did under, I don't know, Russia. the Caesars. Well, monarchy, yeah, Caesars, yeah. The Caesars. Um, yep. Let's see. Oh. Um, Greece. Yep, Greece. Oh, Mike, why why won't it why 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 aren't you saying America? America's not a democracy. Thank you. I knew where we were going. So guess what? It could die all at once. Yep. There's no bearing in America. Vietnam, China. I mean, you take your pick of of you know, card-carrying communist uh, countries these days and go back and look at their history. They look all started history. out as democracies. That's right. And here's the greatest thing, and and I know what they're trying to get at. They're trying to say that today's America, the way it is today, we are tearing ourselves apart. Our democracy is crumbling. The founders wrote about it looking at ancient Greece, ancient Rome, saying, hey, we don't want that because democracy always fails. It's unsustainable. Mobs will always rule, turn into anarchists, and eventually there will be one person or a group of people that rise up from the anarchists and say, I will be your leader. And that leader turns into, oh, I don't know, Mao, Stalin, um, let's see, who else? Hitler. Hitler. <laughs> oh, I don't know. And how many millions of people did they kill? You know, so, yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting little analogy that they tried to play on us there. And for the left that doesn't see it, I'm sure they were petrified of it. Oh my God. Democracy's dying. It's darkness. Oh my God. Ah! Well, the thing is, is the left, they don't, uh, they don't understand the difference. They, yeah, they have no clue. Uh, Most Americans I, I, don't I, have I a would, clue. I would be fair to say that there are, there are probably two camps in the left. There are those that, that know that understand and that the end game is exactly what they want. And then there are those that just, you know, they, they drink the Kool-Aid, they wake up in the morning and, you know, they just, you know, stick the IV in their arm and just consume, you know, IV fake news. You know, yeah. it, it's just, it, it's crap. They don't, that, the, the, that camp, I think, if they understood or if they were educated, they wouldn't be 
on the left. I think they would, uh, they'd be more middle of the road or, or, you know, socially aware conservatives, shall we say? Yeah. And I'll tell you one of the biggest things, and we didn't get to it today. I'm not going to go into it cause we're going to be ending very shortly, but, um, I, I really want to, you know, address this hashtag walk away movement because I don't know. I don't know if you've heard it. Um, I, I think I'm going to do there's, like, there's, there's, there's a different hashtag movement every freaking day. I, I, I can't keep up with them all. I understand I'm that looks at it and, and says it's the pound sign, which then makes it funny when you think about the hashtag me, me too movement. Oh, I know. Yes. You know what um, I mean? It's like, really guys, you didn't think that a lot of people see that as a pound sign. Right. Um, <laughs> it, um, it's, it's the one and only hashtag other than the ones that we put out that I can actually get behind. Um, so it's hashtag walk away. Huh? It's hashtag walk away. And what it is, is this guy, very quick synopsis of it, this guy who was raised a leftist, voted leftist all of his life, now he's older and realized that all of his life, the left has been lying to him, his professors, yeah. his teachers, his coworkers, his parents, everyone has lied to him. Yeah. And that the left is the downfall of this country. And yes, he might not be a Republican or a conservative right well, now. He's realized that he needs to no longer be a liberal Democrat. So well, he started this hashtag walk away movement where he's like, I'm walking away from the liberal Democrat party. Nice. And it caught fire, dude. There are there's a hashtag walk away fan site on YouTube that really? that literally people just go and post their 15, 20 minute stories on why they hashtag walked away from the Democrat Party. It wow. is you listen to these stories and it is the most uplifting thing that anyone could ever see because so maybe- it's these people just having enlightened moments on what you and I talk about and Kyle and us talk about on this program each and every single week. Yeah. Uh, Just waking up to the enlightenment of the left is toxic. Um, Like I said, it's a, it's a fantastic thing. I think I might do like a Facebook live thing on it. Um, I've even gone uh, out to these fan sites and been like, Hey, any, you know, I put us out there like, Hey, if you want to share your story, you have a platform on our channel. Like yeah, you no, can absolutely. come on our channel and we can support you. I don't care if I don't agree with 99% of what you say. Yeah, I just want no, to hear absolutely. your story on why you walked away. You know? Yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and like I said, you know, I, I know I, we're, we're human beings. We're not all supposed to sit and think exactly the same way and believe the same things. And, hold the same values and all that. But, you know, at some point you have to draw a line and realize that the path you're following with, with that belief system with, with, with these people that have, have, you know, taken that party and that, that ideology and, and, and just pushed it. Hijacked the crap out of it. Yeah. You know, you, you gotta sit and, and, and think, you know, do you, does it really make sense? Does any of it really make sense? Right. I don't care if you, you come back and become a middle of the road, whatever the hell, or even a left leaning, whatever the hell, just 
you know, the fact that you're waking up and that people are doing that, I don't know, maybe it gives me a little bit of hope. At, um, it, it, like I, I said, I go just, out, watch them, because it really did. It gave me, like, a lot yeah. of eye-opening hope that maybe this country's not as, you know... Screwed. Screwed as, as you and I once thought it was, you know? But um, well, I, I leave it there if, if anybody, you know, like I said, I, I'll link... Um, you know, one of those stories, uh, I'll link one of the fan pages in the description below. You can actually go and watch it yourselves. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's a really interesting type of thing, but, um, uh, so one of the things that I wanted to say was we have gotten a huge amount of support for all of our social media in the last couple of weeks, yes. guys. I want to personally say thank you. I know Gerard, you, thank you. have yes. have you know issued the thank yous uh, many times, but in case this is your first time watching us, this is what you're going to get each and every single week from Gerard, me, Kyle. Um, you're going to get the unbiased news that you will not see on any cable network that is out there today. You will. We are unlike talk radio because we come from both sides. Most talk radio is still polarized, whether it's left or right, it's still polarized. We shoot straight down the middle and give you the absolute facts that I think we need in society today. So there, there are many ways to keep in touch with us. If this is your first time on the YouTube channel, please hit that red, big red subscribe button, enable notifications. So you know what any single video goes live for us. Um, you can listen. Yep. That's the little bell next to the subscribe button. Uh, you can listen to us anytime on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search the simple answers podcast on Facebook. We just passed 500 followers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash 1787 media network. And, uh, if you're into like posting and Twitter and all that, we do that too. Uh, at 1787 media net. So, um, consider following us on all of our social media. And I just want to say again, thank you to everyone who follows and subscribes and likes and shares everything that we do. Um, it means a lot to us and it, and it keeps us being able to create the content that we know Americans need and want in today's kind of tumultuous political times in America. So, um, I think truth and freedom and Liberty will always prevail. And that's why, Gerard always says his line, this is the last bastion of freedom. Um, so, I uh, you know, I, I sure do hope so. I, I, I still hold a little glimmer, a little, little flicker of, of, uh, of light for, uh, for hope. That's right. So, hope will get you through. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll shine a light. That's All right. right. Man, maybe that- next time we'll actually be more technologically advanced and I'll be on video. Well, yeah, we we did have a glitch somehow. The video feed died. If anyone was wondering, we apologize. Um, Gerard came from. You're not a, supposed to say that. I'm I'm in an undiscure, uh, an undisclosed, secure location. I wasn't going to tell him where you were. I was going to say you're in a super I'm in a secret Faraday cage, so Illuminati <laughs> with a tin hat. Intercept. Right, they can't intercept our transmissions. <laughs> yeah, we we don't want us to shut down like Alex Jones. Good God. Um, <laughs> Well, till next time, America, stay strong. <laughs> All right. See ya.